Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Open Mic Wrestling. It is me, your favorite host, KJ White, doing our thing for the wrestling news. And today I am super excited. I'm actually over the moon because we have the bombshell, the powerhouse, the beauty that is Gemma Jules joining us today. And we're going to talk a little wrestling. How are you, Gemma? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Keeping busy as always. I'm assuming you're doing the same. Yeah, with the holidays, of course. It's it's um I'll be going to the gym for like my first time in like two weeks shortly <laughs> after this. So it's just with everything. Yeah, it's been nuts. Yeah, how were your holidays? Uh really good. I went to St. Simon's and kind of just like met up with my family because um my mom lives in Florida and then grandparents live in South Carolina and then aunt and uncle live in Tybee Island. So we all kind of met in the middle this year for the first time. I'm I'm really glad we did, and it was it was a lot of fun. But I did get COVID. Oh, <clears> yeah, and I just that. got over it. So that's another reason I couldn't go to the gym. So yeah, it's just, everybody has it right now. Uh, this is my <laughs> second time. Second time. Yeah. And how are you holding up? I'm good. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot better. Yep. Didn't knock you out, which is uh, good news. No, this time I didn't even know. The first okay. time I was exhausted and drained and stuff but it still wasn't that bad but this time I, I didn't know that it was COVID oh wow yeah so but uh you're heading back to the gym getting back to work so that's yeah, always absolutely. good news and I, like you said it seems like everybody is uh getting hit with it at this point yeah. um, across the board with that being said you know we always want to know and then on this show it's for the fans by the fans so obviously you were a wrestling fan before getting involved with wrestling. Um, where did that love for wrestling come from? Um, well, that's what's always so funny is like I didn't really there wasn't like it wasn't like my dad or like my grandpa was into it or something um, or family watched it or anything. It was uh, I just would be flipping channels at night and I would see it on and I just would keep it on because nothing else much was on and I thought that it was really um interesting and I thought it was super entertaining and I really liked it and um it just always I don't know it it always drew something it, it drew me to it I guess you could say uh some of us just have that bug is kind of what I call it but um yeah it was just fun to watch but I actually ended up getting my friends into it so like all the neighborhood kids and, you know, my brother at that time and everybody. Yeah. So that's the funny thing about it is um, that's what I was. Uh, I got everybody else around me um, to care about it. You know, got to be the leader of the pack and have everybody in the backyard beating each <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah, Exactly. Trampoline wrestling, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And actually, it's a funny thing when I was, uh, you know, looking into you and your career and your come up. I did realize that, you know, I'm a Toronto boy, born and raised. And, of course, your oh, wow. dad was uh, a Toronto Maple Leaf. I've heard his name. You know, I've, uh, you know, he started the, the Dignity for Hockey. And that was a big deal around my parts. Of course, you know, Toronto being such a hockey hotbed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty remarkable that you had uh, that part of your upbringing with, uh, well, obviously, for the fans that don't know, it's uh, Kurt Walker, former NHLer. And uh, so that's pretty remarkable as well. Thank you. Yeah, I do miss him a lot. Um, yeah. He was one of my best friends. Um, but my brother mostly got all the athletic genes, you know, where, <laughs> where as far as that goes. I, I wasn't really the athlete growing up. My brother was good at every sport and just everything. So that made it that much more tough for me, I feel like. But I love it. 
Yeah. No, that's absolutely incredible, and, and such a credible, uh, you know, obviously a legacy to leave behind with the you know, uh, dignity after hockey and what he, the work he right. did was absolutely incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I'm definitely a proud daughter. Absolutely. Well, how could you not be? So um, with that being said, now you said, you know, your wrestling fandom kind of came, you know, organically, and you kind of stumbled on it. When did you make the decision to kind of cross from being a fan of wrestling to getting involved? That was always difficult because obviously like... Sorry, I had a phone call coming in. That's Um, all good. that was more difficult because there weren't a lot of schools around. And so like, it was something that I kind of just forgot about and just thought to myself, I mean, how am I going to, to do that? Like, how am I realistically, where would I even begin? Um, and just for a while, like I, I, you know, definitely, um, loved it growing up. But then when I became a teenager and started having other interests, I kind of fell off of it. But then, um, noticed that there are a lot of young adults that do still follow it. And then I, kind of re it would reignite that and so it was kind of off and on for a little bit and then I saw Total Divas and when I saw that I was like that I wanted to do this I wanted to do this forever so why um what's stopping me you know but I just I could not find a school for the life of me because uh in Atlanta at that time there there weren't any and I um then uh basically one day I was at my nine to five job and um, I decided to Google schools like for the you know thousandth time, like knowing I probably wasn't going to find anything, and uh, probably if I did, wasn't going to do anything about it. But this time there was like a news article about a school that it wasn't actually uh, Nightmare Factory; um, it was a different one that I had started with, um, and it was kind of a shoddy start for me, and just kind of uh, a lot of the teaching was here and there, and. Um, wasn't the best place, uh, for me. Um, so after my first year of just kind of up and down, um, that's when I made the jump to power factory cause they had just opened, uh, basically in the middle of when I was there, you know, at this other school. So I really then wanted to, um, uh, jump to the other school and just, I'd been hearing good things about it and, you know, here I am. So, um, and that was four years ago this month. <laughs> Wow. Time flies, eh? That being said, you did mention you ended up at the Nightmare Factory um, Mm -hmm. through your journey. What was it like walking through the door of the the Nightmare Factory the first time? Um, Well, it wasn't the Nightmare Factory. It was the Power Factory. That's right. And uh, I kind of feel blessed and grateful that I'm one of the ones that was kind of like one of the OGs with the rest of us. That... um, We started where it was just that one ring with the blue ropes and the... it was just like maybe eight to 12 of us Mm -hmm. and it would just be us and QT. We'd just be rolling around wrestling for like three hours. He, he's fantastic, uh, an incredible coach. Um, and just, you know, doesn't sugarcoat anything, just breaks it down how it's going to be, what, you know, people and promotions are going to be looking for. It was just, um, I, I was definitely excited when I got there because I felt that I was in the right place finally and that I could really, because at that point, I mean, I, I kind of left the other school with my self-esteem was pretty low at that point too. I had also just lost my father. Um, it was a very tough, uh, transition really from, or I was just in a tough, uh, you know, mood and it it was just a tough time overall. 
So I kind of was down on myself and also thinking like, maybe this isn't for me. Like there's something I'm not getting. I, I don't know. So there was that period of time, but I was super excited to start there. And uh, it was great. Just, just the few of us just kind of hanging out and we'd just wrestle for hours on end. And you know, that was it. It was great. That's really cool. Now you did mention that you, you know, you saw the divas, uh, you know, on, uh, on uh, TV oh, and yeah, definitely got into that. Who else were your inspirations as far as wrestling goes? Who who were you cheering for? Who excited you, you know, even growing up and then into this transition? Um, well, I think like Nikki Bella was like my push to really do it, um, finally. But uh now that I also like started wrestling with like a different mindset. I didn't even understand what the indies were, and I thought it was like WWE or bust. Yeah. I, I never even like knew what the independents were about. I, I thought that it was just some people throwing something together in their basement or whatever. Like I didn't know. Um, but I, you know, there were, um, but since I have a, a new understanding of wrestling, because there were also people that were like, um, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I love that wrestler. They're like, yeah, they're, they're not a good wrestler. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I assumed everybody that was signed was good. But now that I'm, you know, watching it obviously differently, um, it, it's definitely, I, I understand so much more. I didn't know what kayfabe was. I didn't know anything. Uh, and um, it's changed who some of my favorite, well, it didn't actually change who my favorite was because he still is and he always will be, The Undertaker. There you go. Good choice, <laughs> good choice. Yeah, he's um, definitely him. And I emulate a lot of what he does. I'm 5'11", you know, so mm -hmm. um, back to where I was talking about when I was going through a tough time, when I did start at Power Factory, I first felt like it was like everybody was, there were new students coming in constantly and they were just getting it and it was just clicking. And I was just like, what am I missing? What am I not doing? What, why is this so difficult for me? And um, so that's when I contemplated quitting. And then one day I just decided, okay, this is going to be my last ditch effort or this, or I'm, I'm going to walk away. I decided to go home and watch um, tall wrestlers how they worked. Uh, and I went home and took like four or five pages of notes. I started understanding and really seeing the matches and seeing the pattern and the people doing the same moves. Cause I, it had all just been a cluster at that point to me. Yeah. And I also, I guess I thought that um, everybody had to know how to do, you know, a hundred flips and had to know how to do everything. I thought you had to know every move in the book it's, it's not that at all. It's what you're comfortable with, what you can do. And you need to attribute a lot of it um, to your size and how you look as well. And, you know, you're smaller. That's easy to be a uh, cruiserweight and flip around more. But uh, there's also, you know, people like The Undertaker, Kevin Nash that don't take the whole lot, of, a whole lot of bumps, but are very powerful and use their legs. And Stacey Keebler was actually one of my, I loved her growing up and I still do because she had the long legs. Yeah. And, um, that I watched tall wrestlers and then I, I kind of, I went back to school and something clicked um, with me there. And QT was like, I don't know what you did, but you're a hundred times better. So I think I just kind of, I broke it down to a way that I could understand it. And um, you know, now I, I emulate a lot of uh, Charlotte Flair as well. Yep. And compared me to her, obviously I'm nowhere in, near in that stature, but just looks, I mean, like how, how we're standing and build and all yep. that wise. So, um, 
that's really, I mean, I, I love her now. I love watching her and I'll always love watching uh, The Undertaker as well. But um, those were a few of my favorites for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. I watched uh, a few of your matches and uh, definitely saw that, um, you know, you can understand why people would make the comparable with with you and Charlotte as far as the, the look. When I, my hair's long too and blonde usually. Right? So People I shout mean, it just to be funny in the audience too. Yeah, no, I imagine. So that's what's that's funny, a, yeah. Yeah. Now with with that, I did see your debut match with Shalonse. Yeah. And uh how was that? How was that experience? Um, well, I was very grateful. That was my my first match when I debuted. Um <clears throat> I had been wrestling four years, but my debut came a little late because the first year I wasn't properly trained at all. So I basically had to start from scratch when I started at Power Factory. Then it took me a minute for it to click, and then it finally did click. And then I tore my left ankle and oh. I had to be out for like six months. And I probably stayed out a lot longer than I should have, but I was terrified that I was going to really screw it up mm -hmm. um, further and not be able to, you know, um, wrestle again. So was I, it I wrestling was related to the injury. Yeah. And it was so stupid. It's never doing anything cool. I literally was just <laughs> jumping straight down off the side of the apron. I was just getting down. I jumped straight down and uh, landed horrifically wrong. And just within seconds, my ankle was the size of a softball. Oh. It was bad. I can't believe I didn't have to have surgery, but it was very bad. So that happened. That shelved me. Then COVID came. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of 2019. Then COVID came in our school. After I, I went back, I was afraid that I wasn't going to remember anything. I went back and I um, was so happy and on this high as soon as I got in the ring again, after I could, my ankle was a little bit better. Then COVID hit and we shut down the school for like two months. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, am I going to get a break? I, you know, again, I'm like, what, what are you trying to tell me? God, is this not for me? And then I was able to, um, overcome, you know, through that we waited and finally I was able to just flat out just train. And that's yep. what I had been seriously doing. So I've probably been really training for like two and a half years, almost three, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, you know, at first it was, it was very difficult, but, um, my first match, it, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like I was telling a lot of people, um, at my school, you know, I could have just been like in some random gym somewhere with some girl, I don't know. And I haven't never worked and whatever, but instead it was like getting like the VIP treatment at my school. Cause our shows that we put on, obviously we use AEW's production team and like, um, we have all the equipment, we have the setups, we do it for the camps. And now we were doing it for our own house shows for a while. Um, and it like, I mean, you saw it, it just was the whole thing with the lights and the steps and the um, whole setting of everything. Like, so I was very grateful for that. And it was also with someone that I trust and that I had trained with for a couple years. Yep. So um, I really couldn't have asked for a, a better debut match in all honesty. I, I was very pleased with that. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I did kind of chuckle at the, uh, the singing distraction to pick up the mm -hmm. W wire. So, you know, well, you'll have to get some revenge on that eventually. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we got unfinished business always, but uh, she's doing pretty well for herself right now. So, yeah, not bad at all. Mm -hmm. So now you've, like I said, you, you've been a fan and, and now you're working mm -hmm. through the industry. 
Um, and obviously women's wrestling has had an evolution and it's grown. Yeah. Um, how do you feel the, the women's product is being presented across, you know, wrestling across the major companies? Um, I think, I mean, well, cause one of the reasons I didn't ever, um, think that I could do this was cause you know, when I was like younger, I'm like, well, I don't look like Sable or Tori. I'm not a playboy bunny. I'm, I'm never going to make it, you know, because it seems like, well, for a while, that's, that's what it was. It's how women were used and, mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with that. If they, you know, if that's what they wanted to do. Um, but that was one thing that I was like, there's, there's no way, like, they're not going to take me. They're not. Um, but then you just saw it evolve over time and you had, a lot of great women come up from NXT and then just, you know, get signed with AEW and really have been able to shine. I think AEW's really great at that is having maybe not the most well-known, but very incredible female talents yep. and really putting them on a, a stage to show what they can do. Like Thunder Rosa, for instance, I knew she was great, but she's just on a whole nother level now. And yep. it's great for her. She's incredible. So you know, I, um, I really, uh, in that light, I think AEW is good at that. And I think, um, with WWE, I think they'll kind of get it together, um, a little bit better with the women, but at least, I mean, to have an all female pay-per-view and to do yep. all that, that, that was a big step too. So, um, it's, it's become a lot about the women's skills. It's not lingerie yep. pillow fights anymore and all that crap, you know, which again, nothing wrong with that. But, um, and there's more than, I mean, there's, there's time for fun stuff and, and that's okay with it too, but, uh, it's, it's so much easier and it's just so much better now for the women. And that was another reason that pushed me in that sense to really try and go for this. No, that's absolutely great. And I mean, even this year we saw like NWA put out Empower and mm -hmm. the work Mickey's doing, um, there really does feel like there's, there's a lot of women coming through purely based on skill, talent, and what yeah. they can do to the tables. And I think the the range of of looks and character that we're getting from the you know the female division, because even like you said at the time it was very much pinup y and even if they could wrestle a little bit, the focus was elsewhere. So what, it's what, really nice to see yeah. that change. Like Trish and Lita definitely stole the show once or twice. Absolutely. Um, and that's great too. So they were they kind of paved the way. I loved watching Lita. Yeah. Another inspiration for you. Definitely. Yeah. And they had great matches. And I mean, you know, Trish being a good old Toronto girl. I, oh, true. Her, yeah. All those, <laughs> all those times. Yeah. It was a big deal to see Trish up there. So, yeah, no, and it's evolved. And I mean, recently we saw like, uh, you know, Tay and Anna versus, uh, you know, Penelope and, and uh, who am I missing there? Uh, Bunny. They go yeah. in a full fledged street fight bleeding everywhere that and that's not something we've seen a lot of out of the women's division we didn't get a whole lot of hardcore or extreme absolutely not no way you couldn't i can't imagine like tori or sable like doing all that <laughs> Could you all. yeah don't cut me no, um, exactly so as a fan how are you feeling seeing that kind of yeah i know britain and thunder rosa had a a bit of a barn burner a while ago but now like i said we we got to see this street fight and these girls are tearing the house down and uh, it was yeah it was great um, I'm sorry. You, what was your question? Yeah, was just how do I feel? How did you that? feel about seeing like the women go that direction and really push the envelope? Oh, it's fantastic, and I love Anna because she was also an OG at Power Factory. So I trained yeah. with her, and 
Um, she's incredible to work with. She's uh, one of the ones that is not afraid to get in with somebody. And she was very trusting of me when I didn't trust myself for learning certain moves and all that. So that's kind of stuff that I, I don't forget because uh, I call, I mean, I usually, what I say is, you know, the, the real ones in wrestling are, are the ones that you can truly feel support you and support mm -hmm. one another and um, actually want one another to do well, where mm -hmm. I know that where it doesn't always feel like somebody's going to backstab you to get a contract, which I'm sure the majority, of us, yeah, right. I hate to say would, but I, I um, definitely loved working with her and um, you know, she's good for her as far as how far she's come. Um, the hardcore stuff I'm not really into personally, yep. but it's, it's great to see it every once in a while, I think, but it yeah. doesn't, I don't think it needs to be something that's constant, but as something that like an accomplishment to prove that we can do it and, and it becomes legendary. And I think, um, that, that it's, it may not be for me, but, um, I definitely kudos to the ones that can do it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And it's amazing to see that, you know, you kind of shake off that stigma of the, you know, the girls can't mm -hmm. do it. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, an athlete's an athlete and, and there's no reason. And like, like I said, right. they, they tore the house down. So they had furniture going everywhere. Yeah. And they didn't like just simply use the furniture. Yeah. It was still skill and Anna still won with Queenslayer. So it, it was still like a wrestling match. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, also going on, like, I mean, obviously we talked about COVID and it's kind of changed the landscape of things, but as somebody who's breaking into the industry, you know, are you happy to see that there's a change happening in, in wrestling that it's not just, you know, is WWE still the, 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 the haven that everyone's looking for, but now it feels like there's, there's options and, and other places yeah. to go with your career. That's got to be a good feeling when, when you're trying to break through. It absolutely is, um, especially, you know, with obviously my school has direct ties to AEW. I've uh, not yet been on Dark. Um, I don't think I, I'm not ready and I, I want to feel confident going into it. So that's a goal of mine this year, hopefully, um, at least by six months into it, which um, QT is always supportive and is always saying that um, I can do that. But he, you know, he always says are you sure you're ready? And when he mm -hmm. says that, I usually am like, because uh, <laughs> I feel, you know, you get the the one chance and you hope you get called back and what have you. So um, I'm not, I don't think that I'm fully ready for that yet, but uh, I'm so happy it's there and the options are there and it's, it's that much easier. It's not just about just WWE anymore. Like I said, when I started, I thought, either it's WWE or bus. Like I was like, I'm not wasting my time unless I'm going there. You know, I, I didn't know really anything about the wrestling business in that sense. So, um, but yeah, I, um, I just want to kind of fine tune my character a little bit more. I'm still kind of finding myself and stuff, but once that happens, I'm, I'm ready to really put myself out there and just see what I can do and show the world what I can do. Well, we'll be looking forward to it, uh, and I'm sure we'll catch you on dark and, and so. on. So we're we're looking forward to seeing you uh, make that evolution and get to that point and where you're out mm -hmm. there. And do you still take the time to kind of watch watch the shows and and, and stay uh, you know on top of the product, whether it's the mainstream oh, yeah. ones or the, the 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 indie ones? Are you enjoying it right now? Is there anything that you wish there was more of or less of when you do tune in? 
Um, well, no comment <laughs> as far as, uh, no, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, well, AW is doing great things now and really doing great things with the women, especially, I wish that they were seen a little bit more, but yeah. I know that that's something that, I mean, they're constantly evolving. That's something that can come with time easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but, um, as far as WWE, I'm not really sure kind of what direction currently they're trying to go. Um, but I, I think everybody's sure. <laughs> no, I, exactly. I, I don't, I think they're trying new things out and that's, you know, it's at their discretion. They're up to, you know, they're allowed to, but, um, I don't know if I'd be the best fit, uh, there anymore, to be honest. Um, uh, it's not anything, obviously I would ever turn down. I just, uh, as far as my age, that's one thing, you know, that bothers me. Um, but it's not, it's not all about age anymore. It's like, a, that's what I mean. It's like, Nothing but a number, become, right? Yeah, so wrestling, I feel like as wrestling gets more diverse, WWE kind of gets a little bit tightly wound. Like they get more, what's the word I'm looking for? Strict on things. Yeah, a little Maybe. more narrow. And that's, and, and I guess that's where they want to take their product. That's that's fine. I just, um, but for, for the most part, I mean, I love seeing, I mean, the they have stars. They have incredible wrestlers there. You know, Charlotte. Flair, Becky Lynch, like all of them are still very entertaining to watch. I love what they're doing with Liv Morgan. That's incredible. I love her. Yep. Um, and she deserves that. Um, so I think they're definitely doing, you know, pushing the right people at the right time still for sure. Um, but you just don't really know where they're, they're going, but, um, AEW is always changing. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing that too. Yeah, I mean, and we do a lot of the watch-alongs. Like we'll, we'll do live watch-alongs with the fans, and oh, nice. we're on here live as the shows are going. And mm-hmm. one thing we hear from fans about AEW in particular is that the women's division is a little thin. It doesn't have the talent you would not, you know, that you find in WWE. Now, I think you touched on it, um, which made me think of it. But the perception has always been that way. But there is a lot of actual female talent in that division in AEW and the there ladies. Is, yeah. But it's just funny how the fans kind of have that perception of the WWE has a lock on women's wrestling. Uh, yeah. And I definitely don't think that uh, in any way, shape or form that they have a lock on it. I mean, they, they probably have until AEW came along and now they, they have a little something to worry about, I think. Yep. But um, no, I think that there are a lot of women signed. It's just, um, it's hard to, to get them all on every single show. So it's, it's more of the dark matches, I think. Um, but again, I think over time with how Tony Khan is great at evolving, AW is always evolving. I definitely think we'll see more of the women's division and who can really shine because of the people that they brought in, the women that they brought in lately and the type of fights they're doing. And then the new TBS championship. So that's going to be huge too. So I think they are slowly but surely making um, the appropriate changes. Um, but they have, you know, talent that absolutely is just as good um, uh, as, you know, Charlotte and Becky, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's great talent there. I just think they just need to get into maybe a, a rhythm or get some some decent storylines going, maybe. Yeah, a little more notoriety in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a little more exposure, I think, for the women, which, again, I I don't worry about too much because I, I know how AW is and what they're trying to do. And I do think it'll come, but women's wrestling again, whether it's good or bad, whether it's lingerie pillow fights or Atlanta street fights, it's still not ever the, it's not always been 
or ever been the most popular thing in wrestling. It just, it just isn't. That's just how it is. Unfortunately, yeah. we've done a lot to change that, but it's, it's still not the most popular thing. No, absolutely. And I, you know, I completely understand that. And that's always some of the arguments of some of the older yeah. school guys of like, well, you know, but again, we talk about a match we've seen recently, um, or we talk about moments where it doesn't matter what company, but mm -hmm. we've really seen the the women push the envelope and, and end up, mm -hmm. you know, in, in main event spots and, and be highlighted. And, and if people aren't really right. kind of getting behind that, at the end of the day, it's good wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's male, female, um, good right. wrestling, is good wrestling. Right. But unfortunately, not everybody feels that way. And, and that's fine. But it's just kind of how it's always been with wrestling that women's wrestling was not. Well, for the longest time, you know, it wasn't anything serious. Yeah. But I think uh, it's it's changing and it's it's going to keep changing, keep evolving. There's more and more great talents all the time. Coming yeah, out, so it's uh, exciting. That's the exciting part. Now, kind of talking about the talents and things, obviously within the industry, and again, from a fan's perspective, from your perspective, from the inside, I mean, more time than I can ever remember as a wrestling fan, um, with the exception of maybe the late 90s, there's an all mm -hmm. the kind of influx of talent shifting around and rumors about where talent's going and where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, how does that impact you as far as, you know, you're trying to get in there and be involved and then someone else kind of comes in or does it open another door in another avenue? Like how, how do you feel as a fan that watching it? And then as, as a, you know, a competitor, how do I feel about seeing all these releases and all the changes and all the free agents? Oh, um, well that's, I mean, that's what's kind of made me realize that, that, uh, WWE, you know, may not be for me. Um, because it's, I, I don't know if anybody is really safe there. And that's, that's just, I, I just know my anxiety is bad as is. And I don't know <laughs> if it's something that I could deal with, um, honestly, and, um, nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with it. It's so funny to hear me say that. Cause I feel like when I started, I was like, no, I'm going to WWE or I'm not going anywhere. Um, but it's, it's different now. I'm, I'm okay with that. And, um, and that's fine. I'm still doing what I want to do. And, even with a little bit more, I feel like freedom because every other company impact and AW and um, well, ring of honor, you know, they all had a, a little bit more freedom there. Yeah. Um, so, but just because also I see it all the time, just because somebody's released, they're immediately like, Oh, they're going to AEW. And I don't yeah. think that's the case. And that's no. not what AEW wants to do either. They don't, they said that mm -hmm. uh, not to have, you know, WWE, like all ex signees there. Yeah. But they've gotten some fantastic names and great stars and put on some tremendous shows. So as long as it it's a positive move and you're bringing somebody in that you can really push and do something with, then I'm I'm happy for them for sure. Um, the releases again, it's probably not as bad as it used to be um, where AEW wasn't around or yep. really any of of these other leagues uh i mean they were there but they weren't really that known that well known um and i i mean you see wrestlers doing a lot of different things now and it's been interesting to watch what some of the ones that have been released are doing with their time and and where they're performing and and it's like everybody is kind of like a part of the indies again in a sense the indies yeah. are just getting better so it's it's a uh, it's okay it's if you're i feel like it's just there's more options now if you're released, basically. Yeah. 
there's so much more and it's not just AEW, and it doesn't automatically mean you'll sign you'll no. sign you there they may have no room or just a million things to consider yeah <clears throat> but um yeah i i think that uh because of everything how it's evolving then it's it's just not the saddest thing in the world anymore to be released there's a lot of other ways to make money and still build a brand for wrestling yeah absolutely and i mean even though you know covid had an impact the the indies and the independent scene and mm -hmm. the exposure to the indies has been huge over the last it has years. they're and they're all over fight tv they're all getting yeah uh, tv you know contracts so mm -hmm. Yeah, now fans are tuning into things like MLW and, like you said, well, right, NWA, all that. Yeah. yeah, NWA. That's amazing, right? Like, I mean, it is really cool times in the wrestling business because you can kind of pick and choose what you think's best. And for mm -hmm. the longest time, you were kind of told as a fan, like, this is what wrestling is. And you would tune into one show, right. and, and now you see the evolution of that come along. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Now, with yourself, are you, um, you know, obviously you've been off, you're getting back into the gym or when, you know, when are you getting back into the ring? Who are you taking on? Any ideas what your plans are? Uh, well, yeah, no, I have a, a few bookings. Um, yeah. <clears throat> next weekend uh, in, I forget if it's, I forget the name, Butler, Georgia, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Barnesville, I think, um, mm -hmm. where I'm taking on Giselle. Um, right. Elor, and I she was part of one of the camps um mm -hmm. and i've wrestled her once or twice and uh we're both tall yep. so i think we kind of have that rhythm in the ring um so we have a match coming up uh i'll have some stuff then after that um later on for iwe um maybe southern violence nice. uh and so we'll see yeah just different different kinds of things i have um a tryout coming up for something but you know we'll we'll see um what happens but I'm, I'm ready this year to really take it to the next level and put myself out there and just do better no that's absolutely excellent it's uh actually very inspiring it's nice that you're still pursuing your dreams you haven't given up on it and of course. you know anytime you uh you you've hit some roadblocks and and you've kept moving yeah. forward which is excellent thank you yeah i appreciate that not a problem at all now just Quickly, um, as we go through, you know, we've, we're, we're now in 2022. We're still dealing with a whole bunch of craziness in the world. Yeah. Um, as a fan, for me, wrestling was always an escape and always a way to kind of get away from the realities of things. Is Thanks. that how you approach it? Did you, like, just dive in? Like, were you wearing wrestling T-shirts at any point or just <laughs> kind of right behind it all? Or was Yeah, it well... Uh, you mean like when I was a kid or uh, no, you, you, no, as yeah, as a kid, as you know, as you was you I a little mark? <laughs> yeah, were you a little mark? I no, I definitely was. And even though, uh, again, you know, my dad being like one of my best friends, and even though he didn't understand it, he still supported me. Um, mm -hmm. and like, uh, we went a ton when I was little, they supported my habit, <laughs> mm -hmm. they, you know, my parents did, and <clears throat> my dad would have an end sometimes with, um, certain higher ups or execs at some of these arenas. So we got great seats and yep. he took me to meet Goldberg one time and uh, <laughs> at his house when he was moving in, in Georgia, cause my oh. dad, he was a friend of my dad's friend. So, um, and, and that's like, so I, I was definitely a fangirl growing up and still am for certain people, but it's kind of weird that I'm like, 
surrounded by a lot of these hall of famers some of the time, you know, DDP coming into school and like one of my closest people who I love is Teddy Long. And I, yeah. he, he was at my old school. And um, so he's known me since day one that I started and he's um, just a tremendous person inside and out. I love him. And hopefully I'm going to be working with him soon on one of the shows that he still produces and does. Um, so it's, it's sometimes surreal to me that I'm like, I used to watch these guys and these people. And, um, but I, I definitely still, uh, watch and, and it's weird because I can turn it off and I can watch as a fan mm -hmm. or I can watch as a wrestler. And there's so much difference there of what I can see and just what I notice mm -hmm. as opposed to what I don't. Cause I was watching as a fan like forever till I decided to start watching, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, tall wrestlers to kind of fix and hone in my own craft. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse now, me. Now <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, so that, that for the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, I was always a Mark <laughs> uh, growing up and loved it. I have my t-shirts and everything and my signs that I would go and, nice. and, uh, all that. Yeah. So that's absolutely amazing. It's always cool when you talk to the people who are truly kind of fans and then they evolves into their, their passion. Yeah. So with that being said, just out of curiosity, when, when your when your dad played in Toronto, did you actually like come down to Toronto? Were you living in Toronto? No, he um he's from uh Hingham, Mass. Him and yes. his, uh, the family, born and raised. Um he went to Northeastern for like a year mm -hmm. and then he got drafted. Um and he wanted to eventually I think he started out wanting to go for the Bruins or something like that. Yep. But it just didn't it, I, I think somebody had heard about him uh, and showed up to a um, a game he was at or, or reached out to him. And then he had like a day or a couple hours to just get there mm -hmm. to Toronto. Um, they needed him as an enforcer. That's what he was. That, and yeah. they needed him for that. And um, so he, uh, I wasn't alive or even thought of, he wasn't married when, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. he played. Um or when they had me, uh, but it would have been great, obviously, to see. But um, no, he just uh, he yeah he was drafted uh, and was the seventh American to yeah. play for a Canadian team in the NHL. So uh, that's just I think it was just Toronto that had the most gauged interest in him. Yeah. That's amazing, and like I said, diehard uh, grew up uh, a diehard Leafs fan. So when mm -hmm. I when I saw you in the jacket, I was like, wait a minute now. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, now your dad was an enforcer, had a, you know obviously known for you know the chip on his shoulder. Do you do you mm -hmm. encompass some of that when you step in the ring? Uh, definitely. Him and I are the same person. Yeah. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, like when when he uh, passed, he knew. I mean, he was a giant teddy bear. Everybody knew him. And because um, he was also in the after hockey, he was in the trade show industry for 35 years. Okay. So he just had a, a great book of business that would follow him around anywhere. Um, and just an overall likable guy, just a, a, you know, like a, I don't know if spirit's the right word, but just such a light. And um, really just I, I, every time, you know, I post about him or when I did it, uh, I mean, I got it was like a celebrity death. Like I, I got, you know, poems and songs written, sent to me and 
just, you know, thanking me for sharing my dad with them or something. It was just so nice. Um, and so he was, um, very treasured and, um, but also what I'm getting at is he took no shit (laughs) from anybody, uh, and would stand up for the little person and was always drilling that into me that, you know, you're not the bully, you beat up the bully, you stand up uh, for people. And that's what his role was on Toronto. He wasn't a bully, but he was there to show that the team was not to be messed with. I guess that's what it is in hockey and that's how they do it. There is an enforcer is a a good guy. You know, that's absolutely technically a face. Yeah. He's (laughs) the protector. Right. Who's not going to stand down. Who's the protector who would teach others not to uh to mess with the team and mm-hmm. i've heard so many people you know say to me that um you know he then leafs needed that then yep. he was great and all that so I, I never get tired of hearing it anytime i post about him somebody messages me with some kind of story yeah um so it, it's great and uh i love to to follow in those footsteps um yeah and I definitely see, I mean, I think I'm, I'm more heel, <laughs> but I definitely see, um, uh, I mean, I, I see a lot of, you know, my, him and me. So, uh, yeah, I like, I would like to say that I'm, I'm similar to that for sure. Yeah, no, and then you nailed it perfectly. Like the, the tough guys and the enforcers are always the face. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're the most popular guys on the team. Like it's great that you can score goals, but if that guy's not there to protect you, right, you're, you're in a pickle. So yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's something the Leafs have got a hard time about for a long time. But uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess he was well needed there. Yeah, very much so. So at times it's uh, very much needed. So with that being said, I'm just curious. You you look at the the current landscape of wrestling. You're on your come up. Uh, who who are some of the people that you would love to step in the ring with and just see how it goes? Uh, I mean, my dream match is probably Charlotte Flair because that would just be fun. I think. Yeah. I mean, I would just literally just like listen to her do whatever she she had wanted to do and and just just to be led. I think even yeah. just by somebody of that stature would be incredible in the ring. Um, so I'd love to do that. Um, I'd like to work with Anna sometime. Yeah. She's great. And I, you know, just have that. I'll always have that mutual respect for her. I'd love her. And um, I don't know, I guess right now who I, who else I could think of. I still enjoy, uh, I've worked with Danny Jordan many times. Yeah. Uh, we always have a good chemistry in the ring. Um, and I, I, I just, you know, you can't ever, uh, or I guess people that are easy to work with and that you mesh well with are few and far in between. So in wrestling and independence, everybody's been trained different. Everybody just yeah. is, is known for something different. So for me, it's just, I really like to stick around with the people that um, I know that I can work well with and, and um, I enjoy uh, doing that. So I, I definitely would, would go back with, with any of them. Um, get in the ring with any of them again you know shalon say eventually we'll we'll tie up that at some point and um we'd have to have earplugs for that rematch right exactly so (laughs) yeah um so i just yeah i enjoy that um uh just working with with people that it's easy and that we can really tear the house down yeah for the fans absolutely that is Mm -hmm. great now 
basically just kind of wrapping this up. Now, the one thing people do talk about a lot in wrestling, and we see it in different promotions and others, how do you feel about the uh, intergender matches? Like when, when they do cross over and the males do take on the females, how do you feel about that? Um, I never minded it because I, I, when I trained, there were not a lot of girls. Yeah. The first like two and a half years, there weren't a lot of girls. And even the ones that would sprinkle in and come to our training constantly, there still wasn't a big amount and it wasn't constant. Um, I, so I didn't mind working with the guys cause that's, that's how I trained basically. But yep. then when I trained, um, sometimes it would just be like it. Like I, at one point we got enough girls basically. So our coach was like, um, so from now on the girls are going to be separate and we're all going to be working together. And the majority of us were like, Oh no, why? You know what I mean? We were just like, uh, and then after a while now I'm so used to it. I don't want to work with the guys almost anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually. Um, so that's just kind of how I am, what happened with me. But, um, I, I don't know. Unfortunately, it's like, for instance, I wanted to do, you know, Zicky's Outlandish Paradise. Um, Ziggy Dice, good friend of mine. Yeah. And okay. wanted to do the Outlandish Paradise. And he was like, we're doing a battle royal. Um, do you? And I was like, oh, do you need people? Can I get? And he's like, Twitch has restrictions on male, female fight. And I, I, I get that. So I, yeah. I think it's still something that unfortunately societal thing, it's just like, if, when you think about it, it's like, would you want to see, you know, Conor McGregor versus Ronda Rousey? Probably not. Would you yeah. want to see Drew McIntyre versus Charlotte Flair? Probably not. Like when yeah. you start putting it more in perspective, it just, it, it just doesn't make the most sense as much as yeah. I do and don't mind it if that's what you'd like to do. It's just, I don't think it's something that'll ever get over with the general public, unfortunately, yeah. um, because they still have restrictions on it. And nope, and that's, that's just, if, if that's what it's gonna be, then okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just not something you are seeing on TV because if it was accepted, genuinely accepted, it would be on WWE, it would be on intergender tag. That's fun, that's cool. I'd love yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. But you're just not seeing a lot of it because it's still just something that I don't think is going to get over. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, mm -hmm. I, I know it's an interesting debate and some people yeah. stand on each side of the fence, male and female. So, and again, I think with all of wrestling, it's got to, it's how you present it and how you bring it to the table that gets right. it over and, and sometimes right. It's tricky. Right. So definitely. It is. It's, it's a tough thing to do and to book properly. And you just, you never know. Cause there's just always going to be those people that are just like, this is inappropriate. I'm not watching this. I'm whatever. I mean, I, I don't mind either way, but uh, this, I just always think like, okay, well, if it was so over then WWE, AEW, they would all be doing that. Yeah, they push it up. But it's sure. it's just, yeah. And so even Twitch has the restrictions of the, And because when Ziggy told me that, I was like, oh, wow, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, okay. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, why can't I, you know, why can't girls be in it? So whatever. But um, I, I again, not something that I, I don't mind, but I just don't think it, it translates well to not uh i mean hardcore wrestling fans totally get it the ones they get everything though. Fans, <laughs> yeah we understand it all but i think just mm -hmm. it, it's just not gonna work and um maybe someday if it yeah. does then i'm all for it mm -hmm. yeah i know i completely agree with that i mean i think it will take time to kind of get there with that idea yeah but yeah that's something it hasn't worked yet really and anytime yeah 
I agree. And anytime we have seen it, it, it tends to be a little campy and doesn't come over very well. So mm -hmm. you use it a little phony. And that's the last thing we want to look, we want to go for. Absolutely. But there are some women that you would definitely believe could take on a man easily. Absolutely. There's, and those you know, would be the better ones to watch. You could probably kick my ass right now. if, I, if you <laughs> to. No. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's interesting, but it can't be phony. It can't come off campy. And that, you know, right. same thing with male versus male and female versus female. If it doesn't make sense, you know, optically, it doesn't look right. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't sell well. And, and that's it doesn't, yeah, no, it's trying to find that ground. But yeah, no. So one question I ask all the guests that come on this show, I usually yeah. ask them what their finisher would be. Now you actually have a finisher. So mm -hmm. maybe just tell us what your finisher is, what inspired it, where it came from, why you do it. Um, well, it just was something. Um, well, the one in my comeback is natural selection after Charlotte Flair. Yep. Um, but also I just thought that that, that just seemed like a really easy and cool move to do. Um, but then the actual one is the studded slam, you know, where I pick up the person yep. and swing them. Um, I really just was in training one day and just wanting to learn more, do more power moves. And I, um, kind of was just thinking about stuff and I thought about a deep six or I really wanted to do the, um, what abyss used to do, uh, the, yeah, it was like a, uh, black hole slam that's yeah. that's what i really yeah. wanted to do mm. but um nobody would really teach me at that time <laughs> it just wasn't it, it just i don't know it just i kind of it fizzled out but then i saw a, what looked like a more simple version yep. so i decided to just try that and um then i was thinking like how what do i call this you know with my name gems jewels kind of makes sense i like it um so it just came to me studded slam and i was yep. like perfect so uh, now that's, yeah, that's been my finisher, but I'd like to get a submission one as well. And mm. I've been thinking about Hell's Gate, but we're going to see. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah, Something similar to that. Tying it all back to where we started this conversation. Exactly. So, yeah, well, would the be legs. a great way to go. Yeah. The legs, you know, I, that's what I really try to, to use. Yeah, no, absolutely. Why wouldn't Thighs. you? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, that being said, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being part of Open Mic Wrestling. For the fans out there, just want to let them know where they can find you, where they can look you up, that kind yeah. of, you know, where are you at? Well, I'm trying to eventually transition to, you know, my, my ring name, but it's been more difficult than I'd imagined. And, you right. know, because you still have close friends and family on uh, <laughs> on Instagram and stuff and Twitter. But um, Twitter, I think, it well, Twitter and Instagram are the same. So it's Zoe, Z-O-E underscore w101 like the show uh and then i have a youtube channel as well if you just type um gemma jewels versus it should come up uh and i've been doing really well with the youtube channel i i was surprised i never i mean i mostly just upload stuff there like training matches as well just so i'm able to send it uh to my opponent and things that we can both um practice on uh, or just see, you know, the best way to, to really practice is to watch yourself. So, um, yep. yeah. So doing that. Yeah. Uh, that, and I think that's about it. Yeah. YouTube and then Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. Uh -huh. Well, like I said, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure. We thank were, you for having me. I was really looking forward to, you know, season two of, uh, open mic wrestling. So okay. it's 
honor to have you as a guest. Hopefully you'll come back sometime, maybe have some more stories about where this journey has taken you, but it's very inspiring. Definitely. And, you know, the bombshell Gemma Jewels, hopefully we'll see you around. And like I said to the fans out there, don't forget the wrestling news is the number one place to get all your wrestling. We have our live watch alongs for every major show, including pay-per-views. We have our breaking news. I have open mic wrestling here all year long, all day long. We never stop, folks. So tune in, join us. Once again, Gemma, thank you for being here. And for everyone else, I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now.